overcome Karen Kachanov, 63623661. And you're listening to the news on RTHK. Given the volatility of the pandemic, please get the third COVID-19 vaccination dose soon. The antibody level will drop over time after receiving a vaccine. Getting the third jab gives extra protection to guard against the virus. Most importantly, it reduces the risks of severe disease and death. The mutant strains are highly contagious. Get the first and second doses soon if you haven't done so, and receive the third one on time to protect yourself and those around you. Enhance protection. Get all three doses. Welcome to the Week on 3 with me, Noreen Mir. We're just on the cusp of the closing of our annual charity campaign, Operation Santa Claus. Although this year we won't have a physical event due to the latest COVID developments, Radio 3 will have a new way to reveal how much money we've raised for the 18 charities that we're supporting this year. So do keep your eyes peeled on our Radio 3 social media, including Facebook and our website, to find out the big reveal. We're so proud to be one half of Operation Santa Claus, which is jointly organized with the South China Morning Post. And this year, as you know, we're supporting 18 charities. If you have some time, do visit our lovely website, oschk.org, to check out all the activities and the ways that we've raised money for our wonderful causes this year. This week on 3, we have a variety of special programs that I have selected, from Steve's music features to Alison Howe's celebrity talks and even some COVID news. Let's start with something really heartwarming, and that was my interview with ophthalmologist Dr. Jason Yam, who joined us on Friday's 123 show, and he shared about his eye care program that provides free eye examination services for underprivileged children. Dr. Yam is an associate professor from the Department of Ophthalmology and Visual Sciences at the Chinese University of Hong Kong, and he's also one of the recipients of the 2021 Hong Kong Humanity Award, which is co-organized by the Hong Kong Red Cross and RTHK. He starts by sharing the lack of knowledge amongst parents when it comes to eye care. I'm also a parent, and we know that every parent loves their children. They can do whatever they can for their children. But unfortunately, they do not have that knowledge. As uh, day back in 2015, uh, that uh, we have done a survey and we found that in general, some parents, in particular from lower income families, their general knowledge in terms of what is myopia and bleopia, lazy eye, that they do not understand if the child uh, have a late detection of the eye disease beyond the age of eight it can become permanent. Mm. It is not reversible. In particular, this affect more on low-income families. And that's why in 2015, uh, we as a team wish to do something for our society. Because as I doctor, we believe it is also our responsibility to educate those in need and also to help those uh, in particular need to, to, to have early detection. So therefore, in 2015, we started the, our program is uh, called CUHK Hong Kong Children Eye Care Program. And now it's uh, the third phase. Third phase is CUHK Chalky Cup Myopia Prevention Program. So they back in these seven years, 
we are very thankful and very fortunate that uh, 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 continuously in four, uh, in seven years' time, we can be able to participate and to able to serve some of the family in need. And we can help some family to have an early detection of the eye disease for their children and early treatment and therefore restore their eyesight. Yeah, seven years ago, Dr. Yam, it started uh, as a small initiative, and now it's a it's a full fledged children eye care program. What did you learn along the way? What what did you encounter any challenges? There are so many challenges, but uh, I found that teamwork is really important, and I am amazed by the passion of so many people around me. I'm just only a single person, and I my my power is very little. I have done very little, but but if without the others, there is nothing be possible. But I found that in Hong Kong, there's so many people with a heart to serve. Whenever we bring out the need to different people, suddenly there's so many people around us wanting to join. In particular, our community partner they help us to find uh, a lot of uh, uh, we have a lot of honorary consultant community partner in our program. They go to find the needy children for us. And also, um, I was thankful to my department, Professor uh, Clement Tan, Professor Kelvin Payne, and Mandy, and Guy, and, and, and also uh, Gum. Uh, we all work together, and uh, we, and also uh, uh, when we see the need, there's many people hoping to join, and we are very thankful. Over the past seven years, uh, more than a hundred eye doctor, they come to help us. It is amazing because uh, both in private and in public, uh, senior and junior, they all come to serve with us. I, I haven't thought of this, and that's why I I believe uh, when we do something to help people and not for yourself, when people can see it, they would like to join. And over the years, we have a five hundred medical student, nursing student, uh. 3,000 secondary school students and uh, uh, 600 volunteers on weekend in our uh, eye clinic, they come to serve with us a whole day. So I'm very thankful that we can be able to work together so that uh, we can do a little for our next generation. Wow, it sounds like the dream team. There's so many sort of doctors from the private uh, sector also on board as well. Dr. Yam, can you share with us, um, earlier you said there's a sort of golden period before eight years old. Um, when these children come in, what are you looking for? What sorts of things are you trying to detect? Number one, we want to see whether there is any amblyopia, what we call lazy eye. Because children have a characteristic, even though you have a one eye, cannot see anything, the child will not will not be alert for this because using having one good eye, they can still walk around, they can still uh, uh, have a good academic result. People uh, do not be aware of it. So all children must have an eye check before age of eight. Better or more comprehensive eye check. We want to detect some things, for example, the lazy eye, the screen, and also, and in particular now, in currently, especially of the COVID, the myopia is getting very, very prominent. Myopia is not just a small eye disease. Myopia meaning that the short-sightedness, the eyeball is getting longer. In fact, our next generation is threatened by the myopic boom. When you have a high myopia, 600 degree, you have a 850-fold increase 
in the risk of getting retinal disease, macular degeneration in future. So basically, what we are hoping to do is we want to prevent our next generation from suffering from fast progressive myopia and to prevent their future to develop sight-threatening eye problems. And what are some ways to prevent it? I, I hear sometimes taking breaks from looking at the screen or looking at things that are far away. What can parents do to, to help alleviate this? Yes, uh, uh, I hope all the parents uh, listening to this, uh, uh, joining us uh, can understand that we need to bring the child outdoor. Two hours per day, 14 hours per week is helpful. We need the more light so that we can have a short, uh, slower progression of the myopia. We need to have a good reading habit. Every 30 minutes, we need to take a break. We can uh, and also we need not to have a too far, too short distance, too close distance. We need to have a uh, 30 centimeter for reading distance, and uh, we need to have a bright environment to read. And of course, we can have a other eye drops. Uh, method to slow myopia and also we have some optical methods, some special glasses, contact lens that we can help to slow down myopia. And that was Dr. Jason Yam, an associate professor from the Department of Ophthalmology and Visual Sciences from the Chinese University of Hong Kong. And he's also one of the awardees of the 2021 Hong Kong Humanity Award, which is co-organized by the Hong Kong Red Cross and RTHK. Congratulations again to you, Dr. Jason Yam. Now, I'd like to head over to the common room with Alison Howe. This week, she sits down with We Are Scientists, who are a New York City-based rock band that formed in Berkeley, California, back in the year 2000. And they talked about how 2022 is really shaping up to be a busy year already. 2022, it's going to be pretty busy for you guys, Lee. I think so. I mean, at least right now, we know the first half will be. We'll see the second half might be a steep decline, but... We, we are going to bring as much energy as possible to keep inertia pushing us through all of 2022. We are, we are very excited. That is fantastic. I think every single musician are just itching to go on tour and imagine that you're excited for that Come On Get Happy tour as well. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah, I mean, it is funny that you say that. It's, uh, it almost feels uh, a little like diminishing to know like, you, you know how when, you know, you, you read a book and you think, oh, this book means so much. It speaks to me so personally. I'm the only person that really gets it. And then you find out it's like one of the most popular books in the world. <laughs> That's how my feeling about being on tour in 2022 is. I'm like, I am going to love touring more than anyone in the world. And I, but I know every single other band in the world is saying that right now. Makes me I'm like, no. We are scientists wants to throw them posts, not you other guys. Exactly. We are still getting the most hyped up about this. And we're hyped up yeah, about you guys exactly. too. I mean, we haven't well, seen thank you for a long time. It's been a very long time. It's been agonizing. I can't wait to see you guys back on the stage and just rocking new tunes. Talk about new tunes. Sentimental education yes. sounding good. Thanks very much. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that is almost like a, such a needed song to make us feel like we're on a holiday when we have not been going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it is, uh, you know, it's funny because I, a lot of the imagery involved in this album has been very sort of tropical and vacation 
related. Um, but all of the songs were written in New York City in, you know, in the winter. So it's, it is funny that that song specifically really captures the vibe that uh, we've, we've used to encapsulate the record, which is like, yeah, very celebratory, like everybody should be on holiday right now. Yeah. And, it, and you know, it's funny because I think a lot of people right now are putting out the records they made during quarantine, which tend to be very, you know, insular, and introspective and sort of quiet and i don't want any part of that i want to be i want to be on vacation right now i want to be on a tropical beach drinking a rum beverage enjoying myself yeah i think that's like the vibe of the album and that was we are scientists on this week's common room common room is on air from monday to fridays from 9 to 10 p.m with allison howe and as ever, if you like what you're hearing, you can head back to our Radio 3 archive on our website and listen back to all the interviews. And of course, many of our shows are also podcasted, so you can head on over to Podcast One and you can listen anytime, anywhere. It's always great when we're able to get government officials on our programs to answer your questions directly. And on Thursday's Back Chat, we had Civil Service Secretary Patrick Nip, the man in charge of the vaccination drive in Hong Kong. Mr. Nip joined host Jana Swong and James Ockenden to talk about the vaccinations available for children now. So apart from um, Glen Eagles Hospital in Wong Chuk Hang, and that will be used for BioNTech uh, shots, uh, what other locations will young, uh, young children be able to get uh, BioNTech? Has that been decided yet? Oh, yeah, uh, because... Um you know, um, because uh, there are some, uh, you know, uh, uh, dilution process uh, in dealing with the uh, beyond tech, uh, vaccination, uh, because uh, we only need to take a fractional dose, uh, one third of the, um, uh, the adult dose. So uh, we'll be setting up dedicated uh, vaccination centers. Our plan is to set up one each on uh, Hong Kong Island, Kowloon, and the new territories. So apart from the uh, uh, Glen Eagles hospitals, uh, uh, we'll be also setting up on uh, one in the children's hospital and one um, in, in one of the sports centres in the new territories. So we'll be announcing the details soon. And I understand that you need a pharmacist at the centre. Has that been sorted out? I mean, how many do you actually need and have they all been recruited? Well, uh, actually, um, it's no different from uh, what's they're uh, doing uh, in the current community vaccination centres. But just that um, um, you have to... Uh, make sure that uh, the process of dealing with the dilution and taking out a fractional dose, um, the whole procedures is properly, um, you know, set out and uh, well rehearsed, and so it requires a little bit of time. But in terms of the, uh, you know, um, the complexity or not, um, basically the, uh, the the pharmacies and the healthcare professionals they are good at dealing with that. How many pharmacists do we need for that, Mr. Nip? Sorry. How many pharmacists do we need for that? Oh, no, no, no. Actually, uh, we have all these um, set up already. Uh, but just that uh, the pharmacists and also the professions, uh, the relevant um, healthcare um, of professionals, they have to uh, agree on the detailed procedures in the whole dilution process. So uh, we require some time to sort it out, but uh, it's not difficult. Uh, and it will be sorted out and the uh, operation could start uh, after uh, Lunar New Year. So a formal um, announcement will be made later today? 
Yeah, yeah, we'll be making formal announcement later today. And uh, of course, uh, when we talk about uh, vaccination, we, we can't leave out the elderly. Um, yes. So, uh, Mr. Ned, what is the current vaccination rate like for the elderly? I mean, since the introduction of the walk-in vaccination arrangement and the mobile vaccination centre. Well, we are glad to see the recent increase in the demand uh, for vaccination, particularly uh, for the elderly, because they are really the priority group. And uh, we hope that through vaccination, they can get protection, uh, particularly reduce the risk for uh, severe um, disease and death. Now, um, uh, the current uh, vaccination rate, um, let me uh, summarize. Um, the total, total population uh, receiving a first dose, uh, about 5.18 million people, uh, accounting for 77% of eligible population, that is age 12 and above. And um, for the elderly population, uh, for those um, 60 above and above, uh, is about 58%. Uh, and for 70 and, and above, 44%. Um, elderly age 80 and above, 28%. Now, if you look at the um, cohort of uh, 60 to 69, uh, it's better, uh, 70, 71%. All right? So for those age 70 and above, it really, we need to work hard on it. And we, uh, we appeal to uh, family members um, to encourage the elderly uh, to come forward and to receive the jab. And we'll continue to, with our uh, health talks, um, you know, and consultation on site um, to ease um, their mind and uh, so that uh, they, they know it's, it's basically very okay and safe for them to receive the jab and get protection. I guess what really helped uh, boost the elderly vaccination rate was the recent announcement of the vaccine bubble. Um, were you surprised by the impact of that announcement on the number of people getting vaccinated? Uh, no, no, no. Actually, um, in the past months, um, I visited 18 districts to do the promotion and talk to the elderly. And, and actually, quite a number of them are not so, so-called objecting to the vaccination. They are, they are hesitant. Um, they are, have some sort of concern, and uh, they want to show all their drugs to the doctors and uh, and, and and get an okay from the doctors. <laughs> so um, and uh, so so some sort of a push, and uh, and that, that would help. And and that's the vaccine bubble. Um, so uh, I'm glad to see that uh, you know more and more elderly are willing to come forward, and uh, coupled with the explanation and the consultation that we are providing. Uh, I think I think it's, uh, it's it's very good. Um, so so we'll we'll provide um, we'll continue to provide uh, multiple channels and to facilitate elderly to receive the jab, uh, including uh, community vaccination centres. And every day we have same day tickets uh, reserved for elderly age 60 and above. And uh, because some of them may not be, uh, you know, uh, very good at uh, making booking online. Uh, apart from that, uh, we have uh, the mobile vaccination. Uh, units, um, you know, traveling in public uh, housing estates. And also um, there are 13 um, vaccination uh, stations at public hospitals. Um, it really provides a very convenient um, location uh, for those elderly who uh, get their appointments with the doctors and after that they can receive the jab uh, in public hospitals. So, so from what you're saying, you don't believe the, um, the announcement of the uh, vaccine bubble um, really helped uh, in boosting uh, the... It helped, it helped. It helped. It, it, it really, that, that's the sort of kind of, uh, some sort of a push that's required um, for the elderly to come forward to receive the jab.
You're talking about uh, sort of first dose vaccinations, but really, given the time element, we need to get people boosted really as well. So I see it's only for 80 above. It's only three and a half percent roughly for for third dose, uh, 11 and a half percent for 70 to 79. So that's not really going to cut it with Omicron coming through, is it? Well, yes, uh, for those who receive uh, their second dose for more than six months, um, they really need to come forward to receive the third dose to get the protection. Uh, at present, the number of persons getting third dose is about um, 700,000 um, people. Um, so uh, we will continue to do the promotion. And, um, and of course, the current priority is to get the elderly to receive the first dose uh, first. Uh, to uh, push up the um, vaccination rate for the elderly group and, and uh, of course, just kickstart the uh, vaccination for the young kids. Um, and the third dose will, of course, be uh, an important area. Once they've uh, had the, the first dose, are they sort of on track so the elderly uh, to go and get the second and third almost automatically or will they need convincing about the booster as well? Well, if you, you see, the, uh, at present, the number of persons, uh, people getting the second dose uh, is about 70%. 70% of the eligible population. So, um, so, so people usually get the first dose, they'll get the second dose. Um, for, the, for the third dose, um, at, well, to, every day we have about um, 35,000 to 40,000 uh, doses a day, and uh, more than I mean, about uh, 20,000 uh, actually are third dose. So the number of third dose, um, you know, every day, um, yeah, but that's still a lot lower than the capacity of the centres, which is around 60,000 a day, isn't it? I mean, can the, can the centres go to 100% capacity or is it better that they stay at this sort of 60% capacity to, to keep running smoothly? No, no, no. Um, actually, um, the centres is able to absorb the, uh, the sort of demand. Um, um, at present, we can, or, or by the end of this month, uh, we can do uh, 60,000 doses a day. So uh, now we are close to 40,000 a day. So um, actually, uh, they can come forward and we will continue to encourage and more and more and to receive the jab as early as possible. And that was Patrick Nip, the Secretary of Civil Service, who also oversees the city's vaccination drive on Thursday's back chat. And now, finally, let me leave you with some good old-fashioned music entertainment. Thursday's Afternoon Drive with Steve James. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back at the same time next week. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Take care and bye for now. Oh, the factories may be roaring With the boom a zoom a wee But there isn't any roar when the clock strikes four Everything stops for tea now I know just why Franz Schubert, Franz Schubert didn't finish his unfinished symphony. Why didn't he finish? He might have written more, but the clock struck more. Ah. And everything for tea. Tea break this afternoon, celebrating the birthday of a remarkable uh, English singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, Mr. Eric Stewart. Born this day, 1945. One of the bands that he was in was the Mindbenders. When I feel Then I'm not so blue When you're close to me I can feel your heartbeat I can feel you breathing in my ear Wouldn't you agree? Baby, you and me Got a groovy kind of love We've got a groovy 
celebrating the uh, birthday of Eric Stewart. There's a lot of music to choose from with Eric Stewart, so I'm sort of going off in the other direction a tiny bit. Uh, famously with 10cc, so hit after hit after hit, wonderful uh, melodies and harmonies and all that sort of thing that he was responsible for. He was also part of Hot Legs, who scored, this is a bizarre record, scored the 1970 UK number two single with Neanderthal Man. <laughs> 